0: You're listening to the business and life conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode one Oh eight. Hey there, you're listening to the business and life conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson and on this show we talk about improving your business life or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I'm a business consultant and coach who has helped hundreds of amazing women business owners get all the pieces in place to have consistent five figure months and then on to six figure years without burning out in the process. Over the last 12 months, shit has gotten real for me. That's right, really, really real, but particularly for the growth of my business. I'm helping women from around the world reach their business goals through my one-to-one consulting, my mastermind, my 12-month group coaching program, and by running Australia's leading four-day, three-night women in business retreat. Now, those are just my paid ways that I'm supporting women in business, and this doesn't include my unpaid ways, like my weekly podcast that you're listening to now, the Business and Life Conversations podcast, my weekly blog that goes out over at AngelaHenderson.com.au, my free Facebook community of over 6,000 businesses from around the world, etc., etc. And let's just say trying to do all of this and keep everything together has been nothing but exhausting, both emotionally and mentally. So in the last 12 months, I've been making some big changes around the business. And these changes I know many of you are also potentially needing or you're feeling these feels. And the one thing that I promised when I first started this podcast, 108 episodes, is that I would share my experience with you so that you didn't have to do it alone like I have over the last 12 months. I can only, only, only damn wish that someone told me about online business managers 10 years ago when I first started because things would look so, so very different. But here's the thing. I can't change the past, I can only change the future. And those things that have been thrown to me, they weren't failures, they were the lessons that I needed in order to move my business forward. Now, the online business manager world is still very new to me, even though the first thoughts of an online business manager came into my head roughly 12 months ago. This episode is for those who are starting out in business and equally for those that are already in the thick of it with their business. Why? Because this episode will either plant a seed for you when you need it to draw on later on, or it's going to help you take action to understanding better right now what is an online business manager and do you need one in your business in order to get you unstuck ASAP. So today I'm thrilled to bring on the show one of the world's top online business manager experts, Sarah Nook, a fellow Canadian too. So I may, may just love her even more than what I already do. Just jokes. Sarah is going to share with us today, what is an online business manager and how are they different to a VA? When does a business know it's time to hire an online business manager? She's also going to share the seven reasons why online business managers might be vital for the health of your business. We're also going to talk about where people can find online business managers and so, so much more with Sarah today. So get ready for an amazing and upcoming episode. But before we hop into today's amazing episode, I'd like to remind you that if you enjoy this episode, I'd love for you to share your key takeaway, a fun fact, or anything you'd love to share about the podcast over on your Instagram stories and tagging me Angela Henderson Consulting because you would put a smile on my dial. Also, this episode is sponsored by my brand spanking new Instagram mastery for business owners with me, that's right, Ange Henderson. It is a step-by-step guide for getting visible, getting booked, and growing your business with Instagram, all for a one-time payment of $27. In my new Instagram mastery for business owners, I'm going to teach you how to get started with Instagram, how to nail your Instagram bio, four ways to use Instagram for business growth, what types of content you should post on Instagram, understanding what time to post over on Instagram, how to optimize your content with hashtags, how to plan and schedule your content, and how to measure your data and results on Instagram. Each model comes with a 10 to 15 video and also a PDF guide so you can start mapping out your Instagram strategy ASAP. Not to mention, my program also comes with four amazing bonuses, my 30-day guide of different Instagram content ideas, my 30 call-to-actions guide, my top 10 free stock images guide, and also my ideal client guide. You can grab Instagram Mastery for Business Owners, all for a one-time payment by securing your spot at bit.ly, B-I-T full stop L-Y, backslash Instagram course for business owners. Again, that link to secure this amazing booking for just $27 can be found at bit.ly, B-I-T full stop L-Y, backslash Instagram course for business owners. And I'll be sure to put the links in the notes section of the podcast too, just in case you missed the link. Now, let's jump in to an amazing episode with Miss Sarah. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you, Ange, for having me on. This yes, It is so fun to connect again. We were just talking before we press record, and then we both realized the time and we should press record because you and I seem to talk. I don't know if it's a Canadian in us or what it is, but uh, yes, be. we seem to be able just to pick up exactly where we were left off, and we've never even met in person. You know, it's crazy. We only, as I said, literally, we've only met even just at time of recording a few months ago when I booked in a discovery call with you to try and further wrap my head around this whole online business manager shenanigans is what I'm calling it. And you were nothing but beyond helpful and supportive. And that's why I was like, oh, I need her to come on the podcast to talk about this, because I think it's definitely the whole online business manager, just the terminology people don't even know what that means. What does it look like for their business? So I'm super excited to have you here today to talk a little bit more about the online business manager role and what that looks like for business owners.
1: Yay. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Now, one of the things that I always like to do when I have guests come on is I always like to ask a fun question, uh, just because I think it's important (laughs) for the audience to get to know who they're talking to, do you know what I mean, a little bit more than just getting into the nitty gritty of the business side of things. So I know you and your family live over in Israel, and Mm -hmm. I do a lot of traveling, and and a lot of my listeners travel equally as well. So I would just love for you to share with us the most magical spot in Israel and why it's, do you know what I mean, you know, why it just lights you up, because Israel is Uh. on my bucket list.
1: Oh well, I have to say the kibbutz. So I actually live on a place called a kibbutz, which a lot of people don't know what the kibbutz is. And I guess back in the seventies, uh, or even earlier. No, actually, what are we talking about? Like way earlier. Um, probably like I think our kibbutz was even established in the in the forties. Okay. Um, but basically they these are like small little socialist communities that kind of live like in this communal way where they share meals together. The kids are raised together. Anyways, it's not like that at all anymore because that would be crazy. Um, Now it's more like a rural small town type situation, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's like living on a farm. So we've got cows and we've got peacocks everywhere and there are green parrots everywhere. And you just, you drive to where we live and it's like, it literally feels like this very magical, hidden, untouched place. And literally you put You put like anything in the ground and it starts to grow. We've got beautiful orange and lime trees. It's just very magical. So it's actually the place where I live. And um, when I, my husband grew up here um, and when I met him and when I came to, I met him in Toronto and when I came to Israel to visit him, I drove into this community and I fell in love because it felt so serene and peaceful.
0: Well, it sounds serene and peaceful. And you will come one day and visit me here. <laughs> dude, Don't tempt me. Don't tempt me, dude. Once this coronavirus <laughs> calms down, I could be there. <sighs> That's it's insane. Like, I mean, tickets to there could be like so cheap that it's just one of those things I just do a weekend getaway.
1: I, right, exactly. Except it's a really long flight to Australia.
0: <laughs> dude, I, I know. If we were in left. Perth last year, it was like three flights for us to get there. Oh my goodness, dude! Yeah, and then three Mm -hmm. flights with Jimmy children—that's a whole nother (laughs) Jimmy. Yeah, and And I was pregnant
1: when we flew. Yeah, I was pregnant with
0: two little kids. Oh my goodness! Because yeah, you've got how many? Do you have total three? I've got three. I've got three little nuggets. Oh my goodness! Yeah, did traveling with little nuggets. Like I said, it's always good to know there's family to hand them off to when I get somewhere, Jimmy. Because it is a long haul. Now that we know that the little best you know, magical gem in Israel is. Can you share with me and the listeners a little bit about your business journey from where you started to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love
1: to share that. So, um I moved to Israel 10 years ago um and I'm and when my husband and I made the move, we sold our landscaping company. So, I've always been an entrepreneur as an entrepreneur when I lived in Canada. So, of course, I'd be one in Israel as well too. But when I moved to Israel, um, I got a scholarship to complete my master's in business administration. So I went and I did my MBA. Um, and then I, like any good little girl, I went and I joined corporate and I was like, all right, here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna just make a lot of money in corporate. And it was like a wah 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 situation because I was like, this <laughs> bloody sucks. I want to work for myself. I don't want anyone dictating my hours. I'm getting all my work done in 5 minutes. Why am I have to sit at my desk from 9 to 5? And I also realized at that point that if I was ever to have a ki- ever to have a family or kids, that that kind of corporate lifestyle was never going to actually work in my life. And you know like the expression happy wife happy life. I said to my <laughs> husband one day, I was like, I am this is not going to be a happy life for me if I can't fly to Canada at the drop of the hat, whenever I need to. And I remember literally sitting at a cafe with him. Um, It's like a cafe that we frequent a lot. So all the waitresses know us there. And I was like, I couldn't hold my shit together. You know, you have those like moments where I was like literally like a blubbering mess, crying in this restaurant, talking to my husband about how I needed to leave corporate, but uh, how I was was never gonna make it, how it would never actually work for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's when I was like, literally, I was side hustling from home corporate as a VA because I was trying out different things to see if those would work on the side. So I was working as a virtual assistant in addition to working in business development and corporate. So I was like side hustling with like random clients Uh Um, because obviously like, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit was, was alive and well in me, but I knew that If if I knew that it wasn't going to work long term because I was never going to make the kind of money that I wanted to be making as a virtual assistant providing administrative and, you know, graphic design and all these like, you know, Jane of all trades wearing 8 million hats for these people. Mm -hmm. And that's when I sort of had my my breaking point um, because I was in corporate, I was side hustling and I was like, this is never going to work. Um, and that's when I discovered what the online business manager is and was and, and the International Association of Online Business Managers. And I was like, wow, I, I'm an OBM, like a, an online business manager. That's something that I can actually be confident and proud to call myself because even as a VA, side hustling from corporate, with the few clients that I was working with, I was already really taking more of a managerial role in their business. Like I was helping them hire. I was helping them fire. I was helping them do all these things. So, um, you know, my whole, I think, corporate journey really taught me how to be, and also my my immigration to Israel taught me how to be more resourceful. (laughs) So I was like, I was like, OBM, I see so much potential here. And this was like in 2011. So it was like quite a long time ago as well. And that's kind of how it started. That's how it all started for me, this whole kind of dropping my entrepreneurial roots here in Israel.
0: So gosh, well, have fun. I mean, obviously not fun when you're in it and you're, you know, sitting there and the waitresses are like, Do you need a tissue coffee? What do you need here, lady? You know, but again, you've come up the other side of it. And again, nine years you've been, you know, rocking this jam of the online business manager world. And that's why, again, I'm so glad that you're you're here today. Because I really want to be able to share with the audience, you know, my journey, I guess, particularly a little bit about on how I have been trying to get an online business manager, because I personally don't think there are enough people talking about this space to be 100% Mm -hmm. honest. I think people are stumbling across it and maybe it might not feel like that for you because you're in it and you breathe it. But from someone from the outside, you know, I just really think it's important to share this space because they're in And it's for these listeners, like I said in the intro, that you might not be there yet, but I want to start planting the seeds so that when you do get to this space and you start identifying when you're ready to get that online business manager in, you don't have to try and guess and wonder if it's right or not. You already kind of know and have been guided from this podcast because I just think that again, we're... I don't know for myself, I was left, lost, confused. Like, what's the difference between a VA and an online business manager? What are the traits they should be having? You know, and I'm still in the process of, do you know what I mean working everything up? So, today I just want to start with for those that are out there, like, okay, and you guys are talking about VAs and online business managers. But my first question to you is just so we're all on the same page, Sarah, what is an online business manager and how are they different to a VA?
1: Yeah, that's such a great question. So, an, an online business manager is very different from a, a virtual assistant. So I like to look at a virtual assistant as you know the the implementer, the doer, the person to um you know physically carry out that task whether it be you know scheduling an email or doing research or you know creating a graphic something like that. So Everybody and every business needs a virtual assistant. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, a virtual assistant is the first person that you should bring onto your team when you are scaling or growing. Um, And I, for one, have two part-time virtual assistants on my team. (laughs) So I absolutely think that it's a critical role uh, for anyone to have on their team. An online business manager is a role that comes onto your team Once you already have a virtual assistant, once you already have team members. So the interesting thing about an online business manager is it really... And I love what you said, Ange, because it really matters on where you are in your business. So financially, um, team-wise, business-wise, and also for you as the entrepreneur, for the listeners, you you have to feel within yourself that it's the right time. So I'll, I'll get into that a little bit as well. So when is it time to hire an obm. So the first thing that I like to look at and actually it's something that I ask on my intake questionnaire as an obm is how much revenue do you make? Mm-hmm. You know? And so it d- and and you know when you're looking to hire a virtual assistant it doesn't matter how much revenue you make. You know, you should hire them sometimes even before you've got actual revenue generating in your business just because you need someone to give you a hand with the graphics, give you a hand with, you know, setting up this uh, integrator or automation or what have you? But when it comes to an online business manager, you really have to be in a certain financial standing in your business. So mm-hmm. I, it typically is between 15000 um, US dollars a month. Um, Aussie, we'll, we'll call it the same for Australian dollars because at the time of this publication, who knows what the exchange rate will be like. So <laughs> let's say, yeah, right. Let's say 15000 and more. So 15000 is like literally the bare bones minimum for how much you should be making every month in average revenue and up. And the reason for this is because when an OBM comes on, we typically are working across four areas. Mm -hmm. Project management. So we're helping our clients manage launches, set up new programs or or membership portals, or manage a website uh, from start to finish. So the whole um, creation, (coughs) excuse me, operations management, we're making sure that there are systems in place for things like billing, client relationships, workflows, communications. We're also looking at metric ma- management, tracking stats, you know, so that you're, so that our clients know what's working and what's not working, and then people management. So we're we're hiring and firing. We're tracking the completion of day-to-day tasks on our clients' teams, all that good stuff. So in light of those kind of four areas, The thing about the entrepreneur is that they really need to be in a place in their business where they are ready to delegate the day-to-day operations, people management, uh, project management, all of those things. And I find that our our clients, you know, it's usually the last thing that comes off their plates um, when they are scaling their team. So, you know, a lot of people in the online space, they'll have their VAs, they'll kind of They'll still, you know, they'll still be at a revenue place where they have to hustle. Um, They're doing a lot of things on their own. Maybe they are bootstrapping, as we like to call it. Um, So once an entrepreneur gets to the point where their revenue is where it needs to be, then they're thinking to themselves, wow, you know, and Andrew, I know you're at this place. It's like, wow, I'm, you know, why am I still managing my team and managing my people? If I could take that time, those three or four hours a day and actually go and focus on building the new program, going and having a speaking engagement, you know, creating or having a vision or what have you, being in your zone of genius, then that that really opens you up to new possibilities and revenue and reach and impact. And, and an OBM is going to be really happy to step in there because we are behind the scenes people. <laughs> we love managing. We love dealing with people. We love growing the team and growing the systems in the business so that the the business can start functioning at a higher level. Um, and what I, you know, more just based on automation on all those things. So
0: and I know for me, it was one of those things when I just started sitting there, like writing down everything I've been doing in the last 12 months. I, and it's something, mm-hmm. an exercise I have my own one-to-one clients and mastermind clients do, but I'm like, okay, write down everything that you're doing every single minute. And I want you to track that for, you know, anywhere from minimum seven days or longer. And then it was one of those things that I was like, I'm doing $10 an hour tasks. I'm doing $20 an hour tasks, $40 an hour tasks. And I'm like, if my mission is to be able to help, you know, a few more thousand women in business to be able to grow sustainable and profitable businesses by 2025, these tasks, it's not that I'm not capable of doing them, but those tasks aren't going to allow me to have that bigger impact. You're overqualified to be doing them. Right. Mm -hmm, You're overqualified. Because I know like there's a lot of times it's, I don't mind getting my hands dirty and doing the work. I think it's important for business owners still to be able to, if, you know, God forbid something happens to one of their team members, 100%. they can still do what they need to do until they could hire someone else. Right.
1: And, and, and likely with an OBM on the team, they'll have all these systems documented and nicely put into a project management tool. So things, because as an OBM systems were always, was always, and even as a business owner, I love my systems. My mm-hmm. whole business runs on systems.
0: hmm Yep. Amen. And that's one of the things that again, I think too, is you can have systems, but are those systems being implemented? Right. So mm-hmm. we've got systems, but because I'm still kind of in that role between online business manager slash CEO, is I don't think our systems are getting used to the fullest potential that they could have, right? Because I don't have the capacity to be thinking about them all the time. Right, and right. And why- and
1: yeah, and there's no one on there's no one leading the team and sort of cracking the whip everybody every time somebody, you know, doesn't use a system or or doesn't streamline a system.
0: And I also think the other thing that I started to do is, you know, after revisiting the book Traction and really mapping out my organizational structure and then from the organizational structure, being able to look at specifically my position description that I want for myself is, you know, managing people is not my strength. I'll give you an example is even my team, I'm sure they would love that I would that I would say be on Slack every day with saying good morning and doing all that. And I know the impact that has, Do you know, what I mean, from, you know, retention and all that. But that's not my strength, right? Like, right, I'm not right. the cheerleader pom poms. Do you know what I mean? I'm just to like, get your work done. We're cool. Do you know what I mean? Let's rock and roll. I think, you know, and I think there's there's power in knowing that that's not your strength, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people
1: try to be, you know, I think as entrep- as entrepreneurs, especially in the digital space, mm-hmm. uh, we are forced to wear too many hats. And I think we think we, you know, and, and as women too, that we need to be able to do everything. We need to have to be able to wear all these hats. When the reality is, is like, you know, the 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 faster you know your strengths, the faster you're going to find a team that suits you. The faster you're going to find an OBM that's going to suit you. If you're at that place in your business to grow.
0: Mm-hmm. 100% and I just think it's it was through really looking at the organizational structure looking at my position description and really looking at those tasks going hold on a minute this isn't sustainable this isn't mm. going to allow me to meet my mission and so that's why again I'm still do you know what I mean as you know at time of recording working through do you know what I mean what this looks like for me but again if I would have known about the whole online business manager even 10 years ago when I first started and someone seeded that for me I believe I'd be in a much stronger position than what I am today but i Believe again, mm-hmm. we're exactly where we're meant to be. So I do think you know you just kind of figure things out. But now, if, okay, so we understand when an online business manager is versus a VA. We've talked about when is it time to really hire that online business manager, and those are some of the things that we've discussed about. Again, like what tasks are being done, um, mm-hmm. how much revenue mm-hmm. you're making, etc. But what have you yeah, found? I- oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I also wanted to stress there that I think also. So there's there's two two types of clients that also fit into that bucket. So some clients might be in a place where the revenue is at the right place to bring on an OBM but their mindset is not. So you also have to be in a mindset of like like you were talking Angie like wanting and understanding that you need to delegate that because you're very aware of your strengths. I find a lot of times like you know people entrepreneurs like you know they sort of stunt their gro- growth because they're in this place of limbo where they might be making enough money to bring on an OBM and to delegate. You know the day to day operations and project management and team management and you know the business is at a, at a place where it can scale, but they're in the mindset where they are still really clinging on to like doing tasks or things in their business that are those forty or fifty dollar tasks that or twenty dollar tasks. So they also have to be in that headspace that they're like. They know that they need to delegate because that's what's going to – and they're going to also be very thoughtful and useful with their time. This newfound freedom that the OBM is going to give them, you know, maybe it's two, maybe it's three hours a day. They have to be able to go and use that time to make more money, to go and move and shake in the outside world, as they say. So.
0: Oh, gosh, I would love a few more hours to move and shake. We know, will get right? there one day. And when I'm moving and shaking, we'll be drinking in Iceland when we get there together one day. Exactly. Friend, and we'll so. be like chuckling about how lovely <laughs> we'll be like, it is. Oh, my goodness. This is so much. Great people on our team. Yeah. <laughs> now, in your experience of being in this online space for almost a decade now, the online business manager space, what have you found to kind of be the main, you know, five, six, seven reasons why online business managers might be vital for a health of a business? Like, what does that actually look like when you break it down?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's about um, being able. So first off, you know, I don't think it's healthy for anybody to work Mm 24-7. And having an OBM on your team is going to allow you to take a holiday. Yep. For real with, um, you know, even if if it's for a week or two weeks or even a month, bringing an OBM on your team that can literally man the fort, that can – You know, keep questions. You know, answer questions. Really understands your business because as an OBM, part of our first ninety days and what we teach in the OBM certification program is how to really um, move the client through the first ninety days of you as an OBM learning their business. So when the client actually can step away from their desk and go out, they can they can go out knowing that somebody is responsible there that they trust that's managing everything and there's it's the peace of mind. So mm-hmm. when you have peace of mind, literally the po- the possibilities for you are endless because now you've got like uninterrupted space where you can work on, you know, that new project or create that new thing or just literally have the peace of mind knowing that my, you know, my business management is being taken care of. I don't have to worry that that client's not going to get responded to or, you know, this team member is going to go MIA my OBM's got my back. So mm-hmm. I think, and I, for the love of God, I would say that most of the people that I speak to on a day-to-day basis need some time away from their business, mm-hmm. you know, to get clarity, to get creative, all of those things. So that's the first reason because yep. we all need a holiday.
0: Uh-huh. Um, and then I would,
1: I would also say that another big reason why OBMs are really vital to the health of a business is, so most like, and I say this with all the love and respect in the world, but I lovingly refer to a lot of my clients, and I hope this doesn't offend you, is successful despite themselves.
0: <laughs> like, no, one hundred percent.
1: Like I'm like, I don't you know I'm like this person is a visionary, they are intelligent, smart, um, motivated, they've got this awesome business, and then I look at the back end, and it's like this lobbyist, you know, kind of cut and pasted together. You know, the team doesn't know what they're doing. Everybody's like coming, everybody's using their email as a project management tool. Like it's literally hot mess on the back end. And if you guys can relate to this, I really, and I, I mean from a place of love and respect because we all need visionaries. If it wasn't for those visionaries, I wouldn't have had a successful business over the last decade. Mm-hmm. But that being said, um, there is a very integral place where an OBM can come in and it can just like, like, like connect the dots mm-hmm. create systems around processes streamline how the team communicates and that's going to lead to um, higher retention of team members because people are going to be be happy you know even if, if it's about like getting on slack in the morning and your obm's like hey guys you know it's going to be an awesome day yada 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 like it, you know reinforcing the team culture um and and also just Kind of getting and and mainly like the point I wanted to make is getting the systems in place mm-hmm. because that's one of the most I think um, the things that a lot of the entrepreneurs that I work with are just like they don't have a systems mind. They usually they recognize that systems are important or maybe they they're not even there yet, but they know that there's something wrong in their business. They know they can't grow and scale from the place where they're at. So setting up systems is really freeing um because then the business is no is no longer dependent on the people who kind of wield the power for the entrepreneur because you know if my va is the only one who knows how that email broadcast gets sent out and suddenly my va goes mia or something god forbid happens now i'm ship. now i'm up shit's creek with no paddle because i don't know how the va does you know does this so systems yeah. are really vital and I really think it's a product of not having enough time because in my opinion, systems creation is, you know, like I think there's two, maybe tops three hours in the day of really productive thinking time. And that is the, that's the kind of time that you need to create systems. So in the chaos of our world, when you're creating a new product or when you are, you know, trying to get out there for speaking engagements, like. Who has time to prioritize systems? Your OBM is going to have time to prioritize those systems and, and spend the time and energy being thoughtful and creative around, okay, how do we document this? How does it get streamlined? Who's responsible? What does it look? How does it look like in our project management tool? How does this all come together? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's critical, especially like, I think in the last, I I used to say the last three years, but I'm going to say the last like four or five years now where businesses have become increasingly more complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's more parts and pieces, there's more like s- bright shiny objects and there's just a lot of stuff that needs to be sort of managed. It's more complicated and and it's really nice to have an OBM to just come and figure out that stuff and get all that stuff aligned. So there's 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 a lot of reasons to have an OBM, but I would say mainly because the 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 business owner needs a holiday mm-hmm. and because systems need to be put in place. Yep. Holiday the systems. Two, the first two things that you're going to knock off with an OBM.
0: Attention, women in business, get ready to ignite your success and elevate your game. Join me for an exclusive three-day women in business conference from October 31st to November 2nd at the breathtaking Gold Coast, Australia designed exclusively for online business owners, service-based business owners, coaches, consultants, and course creators. What to expect at this amazing three-day Women in Business Conference? Expect an immersive experience filled with fun, empowering keynote speakers, interactive workshops, networking opportunities with other successful business owners, gain valuable insights, forge meaningful connections, and leave inspired to take your business to new heights. Yeah, and I think, again, I mean, and then there's just obviously all those additional things that come from that, right? Like, again, your your head's not as cloudy, right? You're mm-hmm. probably going to meet your goals quicker. Your launches are going to mm-hmm. be tighter. Your, do you know what I mean? Like, again, retention yeah, of staff after, is going to be Yeah, because after your greater. post-mortem
1: reporting, because you're going to be done your launch and your OBM is going to be like, here, Ange, here's the postmortem recording. These were the metrics we were tracking. Here are some of our KPIs. Here's what worked. Here's what didn't work. Here's what we'll do next time. Here are some suggestions. So when we work with OBMs in the certification program, we teach our students how to work with that marketing mindset Mm -hmm. because that's what it all comes down to. So although we're not marketing managers per se, you know, having to be the wearer of that hat sometimes makes us think with a marketing mindset as well. So metrics is really important. You know, when was the last time that this is another thing? It's like successful despite themselves. I'll get on. I'm like, okay, you just had a, you just had a six figure launch, dear client. Mm -hmm. What worked and what didn't work? And they're like, well, you know, you like check our check, go into our CRM or customer resource management system and check in Entreport or Infusionsoft. You know, let let's see what was working. And you get in there and you're like, nothing was properly tagged. We don't even know like how many people showed up live. You know, there's just so many things that are missing pieces that will help. You know, make more money in future launches if we only knew, well, did that webinar really work? Should we do it again? Mm-hmm. Or was something else a little bit more effective?
0: And make those better, do you mean short term and long term decisions? And I'm very big right. about data. Your data allows you to be able to, data doesn't change. Do you know what I mean? And no. that can also yeah. scare people because it's like, oh, all right. This actually, you can't change the number, right? And so again, I can't emphasize enough the importance of if you know your data because your online business manager is helping you to get that information. Then again, another vital part of why do you know what I mean you want one for the health of your business is for that do you know what I mean moving forward and planning both short and long term?
1: Yeah. Also, too, another. I, I just to go back to the to the reasons. I think another good reason is because a lot of the times. People are sitting around and they they understand that they need to bring someone on their team to help them manage and to help take some, really take things off their plate, not just support them. Um, but they don't know how to hire. And, you know, as OBMs, we also wear that HR hat. And, you know, hiring and firing, finding that VA, um, you know, create, building the team is also a really big part of what we do because naturally, you know, um, I, I li- lovingly call these you now our clients successful despite themselves, but I also like, you know, there's, there's a reason why you suck at hiring people. You're not an HR, you know, department. Mm-hmm. So I think as, as digital entrepreneurs, we are forced to have like eight million like roles on our plate that I'm not good at HR or I'm not good at operations management or I'm not good at, you know, metrics and all these things. So an OBM is going to help you. Like find and hire a successful team for you that is really truly um, geared towards the things that you need in your business and that
0: complements you perfectly without it being so painful as Mm -hmm. well. Yep, exactly right. And then again, if you have someone who's going through the uh, applications, booking in the initial interviews, do you know what I mean screening people so that mm-hmm. all that's left is you being presented with the top five or top three candidates? Then again, you're not do you mean having to waste your time? Do you know what I mean going back and forward, email people, etc.? Starting so, out, yeah, creating that whole system around hiring too. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, I mean, it's such a knock-on effect. Really, it's like everything else. Do you mean, it's like the dominoes when kids, you know, my son Finley loves to play dominoes and set them up. It's like, once you hit one domino, everything else is a trickle effect from there. And it's right, like, right. and it can either stop because dominoes can stop in midst of everything. And that's just like businesses, everything can be run, running along so smoothly. And then boom, one thing is at a piece and every, it's like your entire business stops, just like the domino stops as it's going down. So uh, I know, no, crazy. No, for those people that are like, okay, great. I've got a VA, I'm making the revenue, you know what I mean, that you talk about? My mindset is pretty strong. You know, I think maybe, maybe an online business manager is what I need. What traits should people be looking for when they're looking at hiring an online business manager? Again, like kind of like those differential things. Like I know you talked about the VA as being the implementer, you know, and everyone needs those, but what really specific traits, like should an online business manager be the ones that are coming into your business and almost telling you what to do as it like this is taken mm-hmm. care of, this is this. Like, mm-hmm. what does that look like?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I would say, like, my top three traits would be first off, confidence. So one of the things that I really, really kind of drive in hard with my students is you have to have confidence. And confidence comes through doing. And sometimes confidence is hard to identify in somebody, but you sort of feel it when you're having a conversation with your, with your potential OBM is this o- OBM leading me? Do I feel like I'm being led? Is she taking charge? Do I feel like this is somebody that can really take the reins on my business? So you, ha- you yourself have to have confidence that your OBM has the confidence to be innovative, creative, um, you know, all of the things that you are like in your business, right? Because it's, somebody that has to be like you like similar to you but also have unique qualities that you don't have like they're really organized mm-hmm. they really like the back end stuff and i know some for some people that's shocking but like i love systems i love being in the back end i love you know tweaking tech and managing the team so you want to make sure that your obm really has the you know, that special sauce that's going to lead your team. So you're looking for leadership qualities and those qualities can be as simple as, you know, in your initial conversations, do I feel like my OBM is guiding me through this process? Mm-hmm. You know, is she making suggestions? So one of the, one of the really kind of clear kind of run screaming, I would say, is if, you know, if you're having a conversation with a potential OBM and, and they're saying to you, and let, what can I take off your plate? What's going to make your life easier? You know, tell me what I can do for you versus, and you know, you mentioned that the, your podcast is your your highest priority. I think that creating, you know, I would suggest creating a system around that be one of the first things that we tackle together. Mm-hmm. So there's like there's like small, but very critical differences in somebody that's going to be a leader in your business versus somebody that's going to kind of wait for you to delegate things to them, which is more like, I would say on a VA type level, because a VA will wait and they'll wait for their tasks and they'll, you know, you'll throw, kind of throw them things to do. Whereas an OBM is much more expected that we're going to take the lead. We're going to come up with things for, for our, for ourselves do. So sometimes I get asked this question like, well, you know, if your client hires you on a retainer and, you know, you finish you finish up and you've done everything and you're still not at the end of the retainer well then what do you do and i'm like well that doesn't ever happen because in a business first of all there's always things to do but as obms you know we're leading ourselves we are not finding things to do but we're being very strategic you know there's always that bucket list of a million projects that you haven't gotten to yet but we're being very strategic on what we're doing what systems we're creating how we're leading the team and and all that so you want to make sure that you are identifying some leadership qualities, you know, are they, and also I would say too, um, test projects. I'm a big, uh, I'm very big on test projects mm-hmm. for all the team members I bring on my team. Um, and I think when it comes to an OBM, it's also about making sure. So like, for example, one of the, when I hire OBMs on my team, I let them do a SWOT analysis of my business. So, you know, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, like, you know, kind of archaic, I know people still use it and it's, and I really like it, but it's not about them doing like a SWOT analysis for my business. It's about, you know, me kind of a little bit of a insight into their critical thinking skills. What do they see about my business that maybe I don't see? And also it's going to show me like, because the other thing about an OBM is they're like, I like to look at OBMs as partners, you know, partnering up with you to kind of help get your business to the next level. So I want to make sure that if I'm going to bring a partner on my team that I, I really like uh, admire, not admire the way they're thinking, but that they're really getting creative and thoughtful and coming up with unique, presenting you with unique opportunities that maybe I haven't looked at before or even threats that I haven't even really seen. And do they really understand how my business works? You know, do they, because obviously our online businesses are, can be really quite complicated and also simple at the same time, but you know, do they really understand the nuances and stuff? So making sure that you you give them a test project and you're looking for these kind of clear indicators. Because I think it was like a Warren Buffett quote that I was reading, and I don't even remember. I would botch it to shit if I even tried to <laughs> paraphrase it. But was it was something along the lines of like, you can't like, you can't hire like you have to really hire enthusiastic people. Like you can't train people to be enthusiastic about your business. And then also being, you know, that being said, you also want to make sure that you're not bringing on people that are that want to be you, right, Ange? Like I'm sure you get a lot of people that are like, I want to be Ange when I grow up, so I'm gonna, I want to work with her, I want to learn the ropes, and then I'm gonna go off and you know be this amazing business coach and all of that. But like, so you have to also be sure that they're in, they're really coming from a place of good intention and goodwill,
0: too. I guess that leads me to another question in regards to when people are looking at. Hiring online, online business managers, is there like, you know, should they, because I'm a big believer, but you just, they're technically, they're not your employee for the most part. They're still contractors. Right. Okay. And so obviously they can work with whoever else they want to work with, but is there kind of like a rule of thumb in regards to like an online business manager would work five to 10 hours per week for your business? Or are they like a part-timer? Like or would you start them off at say 5 to 10 hours and they go into more of a say 20 hour a week role like is there any kind of rule of thumb and also like for those online business managers cuz i do know that there's a lot of people who are trying to grow their own agencies which is fine mm-hmm. but sometimes then when they're thinking of growing their own agencies your work still gets done but it's not priority right like it's because their goal is to grow their own business so what are your thoughts about do you know I mean that and what has your experience been
1: yeah so i it's interesting cuz you know, people are always talking about niche and niching down. And I always tell my OBMs, I'm like, look, you need you niche on personality. Because in this online space, there can be a real sort of conflict of interest if you're working with too many online op- entrepreneurs in the same sphere. Right. Yeah. So I think the the first thing is like, you know, yes, there can be um, you know, you want to def- like as an OBM, you know, we teach our students like you wanna have, you wanna be coming at your clients from a place of really authenticity and, you know, and guiding them and all that stuff. But when it comes to the hours and and how many hours and all that stuff. So for that person who is just at a sort of at that beginning phase of needing an OBM, I think that 20 hours a month is enough Mm -hmm. uh, for the first 90 days. Okay. And then you reevaluate and you decide, you know, do we need to scale up a little bit? But generally speaking, if you're making between fifteen to twenty thousand a month in revenue, having an OBM that's around for twenty to thirty hours a month is enough. Okay. It's when yeah. I see businesses that start to get into the multi-six figure, like they're at, you know, six hundred thousand a year in revenue. Or up, then they're looking at like a sixty to eighty hour a month OBM because there's more team members to manage, there's more systems to put in place, there's more meetings happening, there's Facebook ads running, there's like all the things to manage. So, you know, I the way that I train my OBMs is that they for the first ninety days they're coming in for twenty hours a month because they're not going to be your they're not necessarily, So I think this is a common misconception, and I know I also. Um, I have to explain this a lot, but it, you know, as an OBM, we're not necessarily managing the whole business. Yep. and usually, you know, it's not like you're going to be like, okay, here are the keys. You know, run with it. Yep. you know, first we're going to start by managing the client care team, or we start by managing like certain. Um, and 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 obviously, your OBM when they come on to work with you, they're going to do a deep dive to begin with, and they're going to kind of establish, well, what are the goals? What's the vision? Where do I need to be? Where do I need to tackle first? what systems bleeding money that's what we're going to tackle first we're going to button that up and then we're going to move on to other things so that first 90 days is the obm getting to know your business getting to know you getting to know the team members the business model the funnels um mapping out things mapping out a hierarchy what's it going to look like in a year from now what are the projects that were you know were, that are upcoming um mm-hmm. and getting a plan in place for all of that and then you're going to move into like a more of a jam because obviously as an, as a business owner, you need to trust that OBM too. So that trust is established over that first 90 days. So I always say 20 hours, less than 20 hours a month, not a week, a month. Um, you're looking at like, um, just things not really moving, you know, it's it's almost like not enough time to like get anything moving, but, but also, so like if you're bringing on somebody for 20 hours, if it doesn't work out, um and you're like oh this is not a good fit this OBM their personality is just not jiving with me and obviously you need to give it time too because this is so for a lot of us it's so outside of our comfort zone to bring on somebody it's like bringing on somebody to like to really see the innards of your business right? right sometimes not so pretty sometimes embarrassing sometimes you're like oh I'm running this I'm making 70k a month but like I don't have any systems and my team members are like you know kind of like you know I don't telling me what to do or whatever, this is so embarrassing. So you want to give it also enough time to kind of like for you guys to mesh together and understand that your OBM is not necessarily going to have the same personality as you. They're going to actually, it's better if they have a different personality and you know, you're not, you're bringing on, I think a lot of the times we hire because they're like, you like their personality. And I do this too. Like, Oh, if I can go and have a chill out with this gal and have a drink and you know, Oh, she'd be, you know, like, like uh, this is someone I want on my team because I want to be able to shoot the shit. I want to be able to have conversations. But it really, when it comes to OBM, you want someone that really just knows their stuff, can manage projects, um, can lead the team. You know, you just have that, that person on your team.
0: So do you think 20 from- hours, I would say. 20 hours to start with. And what are your thoughts about... 20 hours a month and then obviously 20 hours a month isn't going to pay their bills well it could for some do you know what I mean but most of them maybe maybe not right and so mm-hmm. obviously that's there's 40 hour work weeks there's 160 hours a month 20 hours is by you that still leaves them 140 hours to be working with other people right how right, right. what are your thoughts because obviously you know there's a lot of people who are in similar spaces and I'm all about healthy competition that doesn't worry me but right. things like if you've got two clients who are going in, you know, six seven figure dollar launches, right? And they're both launching at the same time, and you both are that same online business manager. Like, do you do you see that problems happening regularly, or do you not see it happening? Mm-hmm. Or yeah, that's what are your such, thoughts? I love this question. I've, I love this question. So, so I will
1: say first off, as an OBM, we typically work with three or four clients at a time on our roster. Okay, yep. So that's the first off, and that and that makes for like a good, you know, like as an OBM you know, you're making like between six to eight K us, you know, if you're pricing accordingly and you're doing all the things that you need to be doing. So it's not like you are definitely making a living with three or four clients as an OBM. Yeah. Cause obviously like you're saying, you know, certain clients are, are launching, they need 40 or 60 hours that month. Um, you know, we're hiring like, so, so typically you'll find OBM sitting at 40 to 60 hours with a client you know, that's in a nice tight spot where they are scaling. Maybe they're setting up a evergreen funnel, what have you. Like they're, the, business, the money's coming in. They're happy where they are. The OBM is happy. All that good stuff. Yep. Um, <laughs> excuse me. So definitely uh, the four clients. But I will also say that one of the things that I've, as an OBM myself, that I have I feel like I've aced, if I do pat myself on the back, <laughs> is yep. the team. The team growth method, right? So I'm all about team. So I've got you know, sort certifi- of for many years, I ran an agency with of certified OBM's, mm-hmm. um, and I had a few different OBM's on my team, full time employees, and they would be they would be direct uh, contact to our OBM clients. So I wasn't like the middleman or like I, I mean, I essentially was, but I was running an agency, and I sure, I, I you know, even with some clients I had never even met before, you know, Emily would onboard them. You know, Gallia would take them over. All of these things. So, um, I also want to be clear here that, like, let's say you are going into a launch and you've got this OBM on your team for twenty hours a month, and you know, if you plan your launch three out three months out in advance and everything's all buttoned up and organized, and you've got a strong tech VA on your team, and you know, the the, the OBM there is just managing the launch like any other project. Yeah. So I feel like it's just a matter of prioritizing what's important. Okay. Do we need to bring on? Usually, it's about bringing on another VA, right? Right. Do we need to bring on another VA to support us with all this tech setup, or someone need to be on with And while she does this webinar, and you know, it's more about like, do we need to hire someone? Do we need to take on somebody that can, you know, beef up our Pinterest or Instagram or what have you? So it's um, not necessarily going to affect the OBM's hours because they're they're. I would say, at, after about six months to a year of working as an OBM. You get to a, a really nice tight place where you know the systems are in place, the team members are solid, everything's like m- bustling along nicely so that when we're launching or when we're doing a live thing or whatever, it's just like an extra project yeah. that's accounted for. So it's not like it's about getting the business to proactive mode. And I think a lot of us are still very much in that reactionary mode where we're like, oh shit, I didn't hire this person or, oh my God, we're like two weeks out of, we're two weeks from launch and we don't have a copywriter in place. Right. You know, the OBM is going to be like proactive about those things. So you're not going to feel, hopefully, like you are very in reactionary mode. Yep. So the, it, it almost
0: is not a factor, if that makes sense. Sure. Because not the OBM is going to take it into account, right? Yeah, because it's already going to be part of the process. And so it shouldn't feel any more or any less. It should just feel quite ordinary because, again, it would all be forward planned. Right, and, all the, and also too, like I feel like the OBM and you as a client
1: both have the same intention. Like you want to work at a capacity that's convenient and and great for both of you. You know, mm-hmm. you want to be working together, like you know, forty hours a month because it's good for you and it's good for the OBM. Right. right, because as OBMs too, like so a lot of us go from VA to OBM, and like as a VA, you've got like fifteen clients and everybody wants a piece of you. And, it, and I feel like as a, as a VA, it becomes more like that because it's like, you know, there's so many things and you're sort of wait, you're sort of like on the sidelines waiting for your client to throw you a bone, throw you tasks, throw yeah. you this stuff. Whereas an OBM, you're like, you're coming at it from a different place. And that's why it, that role resonated so much with me because I was like, I, I just don't want to be in a place where I'm sitting there just waiting for clients to throw me something. And also too, as an OBM, I'm way more in the big picture of things. Like I need to know why we're running this strategy. Like it needs to make sense to me in order for me to like action it and find the right team members.
0: Yeah, totally makes sense. You know, and again, it's like, again, they're there not to run your business, but they're there to help manage it, manage the people and make things run more effectively. And, and, it, and even
1: for some people, they are there to manage their business too. Like yeah. at a, at a point in time, you know, they might take over the reins on all aspects of, of management.
0: Yeah. But again, it's a slow transition. You get to know each it other. Is. You do a dance. You know, you trust a little bit more. You go, you yeah. know. And again, I think that's also the important thing about is regardless of who you're hiring is, is my opinion. Uh, again, it comes down to a lot of times VAs in particular fail because of us as managers, right? As we don't give them the appropriate training. We're not communicating well too. So just there's like no a systems VA,
1: around time tracking or like con- completing tasks. Nobody's following up on them. And then nobody's also giving them feedback too.
0: Yeah. And I think that's though, would go in again, and though I'm not there at this given moment, but again, I would expect the same thing too, is you've got to have effective communication with your online business manager. You need to be able to meet regularly. Like again, that role, that success of that online manager equally comes down to how much you're willing to train and put into that relationship. I can only, again, Mm -hmm. I'm not there yet, but I would assume that that will play a big factor. Amen. And now, wow. What an absolutely genuine epic episode. This is exactly you and I, we could keep talking. Um, but this is, again, I just want people to start understanding what an online business manager does, what traits to look for, how they're different between a VA. Because again, these were all the questions. Like when I booked my discovery call with you, and when I'm trying to unpack this all myself, being in this position, um, because it's like, again, this, I had to like, again, I found you by posting on some random page going, what is this nonsense? So like, you need to stick with Sarah. Then I was like, Sarah, I'll pay you for this consult. Like I was just trying to find anyone that could give me any information because you know, yes, again, I love Amy Porterfield, but she only gives you a little bit about what Chloe does. Do you know what I mean? You don't like, Mm -hmm. you still don't really understand it. Right. You know, you need an integrator, you know, you want to be the visionary, but what does this look like? So I hope that this episode has been able to do you know what I mean? Help, at least plant the seed for some and give some really big clarity for others. So thank you so much for being here. And I'm totally bummed that we're not going to be meeting in Iceland this year because I would buy you a a nice drink. But again, next year when we go back to Iceland when the coronavirus is not potentially happening, fingers crossed. But for business owners who would love to connect with you, where is the best place for them to connect with you?
1: Yeah, they can find me over at um, Mm sarahnoket.com or in the interwebs. You know, I'm on all social media platforms. But I think the best place is to go to my website, got a lot of stuff there for online business people who want to become obms and people who want to hire obms
0: no fantastic and there's a shitload over there because when i was over there looking for this podcast there was heaps of information so definitely head over there my final question to you is is what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out in business
1: you know i think just invest time in your systems guys like if you want to make it a real so i think we, we too many people have these Side hobby hustles. If you want to make it real, you have to really sit down and put in, put in place the business um, tools. Like you have to really leverage the tools of running a business, like the operations, streamlining the operations and systems. So I would just say, I wish I would have spent more time on that because I waited until I got pregnant and went on my mat leave to be like, oh my god, I need systems and I need to bring on a team and all these things. So get some systems in place. Start to document what you do on a day-to-day and, and look at those 20 and $40 tasks. Do you really need to be doing them? Yep, 100%. And for, and, some, and for some of us, the answer is yes. You know, yes, you do because your income's not where it needs to be and you need to hustle and bootstrap. And for some of us, it's like, no, I, mm-hmm. I, I can h- afford to bring someone on to do this.
0: Yeah, 100%. Again, in each situation will be different. So it's so important to n- know that, again, what we do talk about is, you know, look at your own individual system, look at your revenue, look at your business, you know, and make those decisions. But never be afraid to start hiring because it will help transform your business more than I think people give themselves credit for. So again, thanks again, Sarah, for being on today. And before we oh, start- Thank off, you so much for having me, Ange. Yeah, no worries. It's always fun connecting. And just a reminder that my team and I will also be putting together the whole transcription for this episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au. And as I mentioned earlier, if you enjoy this episode, I'd love for you to share it, especially over on Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag myself, Angela Henderson Consulting, and also Sarah over there would be fantastic. And for the rest of you, I hope you have a fabulous day, no matter where you are in the world. And I look forward to you joining me again next week for another amazing episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. Have a great day, Sarah. Thank you too. Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson www.angelahenderson.com.au